Hello, once again, welcome to Pandora's Box, everyone. Um, hope you're having a good week. Last week we had Mind Farter on Paul Wait, and we were talking um, all about uh, yeah, basically the story of Aspen Wait. Obviously, you're listening to Aspen Wait Radio. Well, unless you're listening to us on Spotify or YouTube, obviously. But um, originally, this show just started as a, a radio show, but then obviously we started releasing it as a pod on like Spotify and YouTube and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, it's the 30th anniversary of Aspen Wait, the company that my old man started when I was but a wee little lad. So we had him on talking about the journey. I have to say, actually, like, um, I, d- I often don't listen to like any of our shows back, but I listened to about half that one back. And I was like surprised how interesting I found it. And I was surprised how interesting I was finding it at the time recording it. And I, I don't mean that obviously in a bad way. I just mean because obviously I already know like a lot of what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But I obviously, you know, being my old man's son, I know a lot about the the, the story and the journey of Aspen Wake. But um, I still thought it was like really, really intriguing. And I also found out some things I didn't know. Like, do you know what I mean? There were like little bits, weren't there? So I thought that was pretty cool. But um, anyway, um, the other night I was uh, I was just sort of playing my guitar late at night. Um, as you do. As you do. As you do if you play guitar or play any instrument um and yeah i came up with like a little intro thingy and then i just sort of ended up making like a little song um which i'm going to dedicate to sort of like my old man and aspen weight um called 30 years it randomly came out i think this is the, the song i've mo- made up that's just like most like grungy ah nice sounds almost like a bit of like a like an acoustic grunge track a little bit of grunge whereas usually they're wrong. they're usually like comedic or folky mm. so it's interesting i don't really know why it just naturally happened Although That'd the intro is a bit almost like a bit country, mm. you know. But yeah, so I'll we'll play this for you now. Um, Drew's never actually played it with me before, but Drew doesn't need to practice because Drew's that good. Oh. <laughs> Improvised. We love to improvise. I mean, baby. to be fair, like any any of you like good musicians out there will obviously know. But like basically, all I had to say to him was like, look, verses are like A minor C, and then there's a bridge that's like F, E minor, and then goes around twice and ends in G. And then back into email. There you and then, go. So now you know, guys. That's all. That's that's <laughs> a trick. Along. If you know that, you can be a musician. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is thirty years. As I said, yet again, the sound quality might not be that good, guys, because um. Hopefully, it picks up your guitar, man. Yeah, on that mic. Well, if I put it place in my guitar, because my voice mm. will penetrate oh. anything that it touches. Baby. Um, a bit like Drew's Willie. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, my dear. <laughs> My dear lord. Yeah, but um, yeah. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I just can't help myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the sound, these mics, as I've explained before, aren't really like set up for music. Yeah, but you'll, you'll get pretty the heavy gate on we're, there. we're just having a laugh at the end of the day, and then hopefully you'll get a kick out of this song, whether it's like laughing um, with us or at us. Hopefully it'll bring you some enjoyment in your life. So Ooh, yeah. this is thirty years. Triumph and fun 
Thirty years is fleeting to some It's all a blur now But we're standing here all the same And there's no stopping us, no, no No, there's no stopping us, no Getting up is what makes a man Not getting knocked down They can try it over again But we'll claw our way back for sure Yeah, we'll claw our way back for sure My phone's ringing <laughs> We'll just ignore it I was adding some like, jazz to it <laughs> Overcoming hardship's never easy But was I there to be one? Bit of piano in there as well, because my phone <laughs> By those that are brave and don't give in easy Yes, you'll have your day in the sun So let's have fun I never thought we'd get piano in this track. Do you, know what, do you know what's hilarious? I literally have my phone on silent like 99% of my life. Yeah. Right? And the one time it's not, it's um, 
when I'm about to do a radio show slash podcast <laughs> and have a song, you know, play a song to you all, and then my fucking phone rings. I don't even know who that was as well. At it was least a lo- it wasn't me. <laughs> it was like a, it wasn't like a number I have saved on my phone. It was like a local right. number, but I don't oh, know. Who it damn, is. they're the worst kind damn. of numbers to ring. Not yeah. even someone you know. <laughs> I was just about to say. I was just about to say the number on on um. Air, but I thought on the off chance that someone then like decides just to be like really immature and prank him or something, I won't. Mm. <laughs> you interrupted. I think you should, and I think they should. Yeah. How you interrupted payback. Yeah. Thirty years on on Pandora's box. You interrupted the track. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Just get I all think some of the piano it was in tune with what we were doing there, so that was a bit weird. It, it was reminded- definitely sometimes were added to the song as well, which was really cool. <laughs> it was like a bit like jazzy. Yeah. You know how like jazz is like almost like it is a bit out, and it? mm, it's a bit all over mm. the place, jazz, isn't it? You know, yeah. and it, that's that's one like thing that people criticise about jazz sometimes, isn't it? It's almost like just play anything. It's basically it's like you just have like, musicians together, just playing whatever they feel like it, and then that's just yeah. jazz. Um, that is obviously a little bit cruel. <laughs> jazz instrumentalists, I think, are, are very Im- impressive in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously they're like really good with like Im- improvising, mm. like improv mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think the very nature of improv is you need to have balls to be comfortable, just freestyling completely mm. unprepared in front mm. of people. And naturally, regardless of how good you are, if you're doing that all the time, it's not. It's, it's probably going to be some bits that are a bit like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you need to have those bits to find the the the, the yeah. Magic. You got you got to push the boundaries, man. Yeah, you got to go for it. And some days you might have a day where it's just like amazing, and it's like yeah. it's like freaking the heavens have sent you a gift that yeah. day, and you capture something amazing just completely without any prep. Mm. But in other days, there also might be some sad times. I remember <laughs> Alex Skolnick talking about it as well with like guitar solos and yeah. how mostly like remind I'm, me who I'm Alex Skolnick is. Alex Skolnick is the um, lead guitarist, guitarist of or... Testament. Oh, I knew it was and, a thrash um, band. I couldn't remember. And, who. and yeah, and, like he's one of my favourite guitarists. He's got so much feel with his mm. with his playing and everything. Uh, but he was saying, you know, like he's an amazing guitarist, but a lot of the time, especially with metal music, it will be like you you'll do multiple takes and you'll slice and chop the best parts mm. together. Like, oh yeah, it's just yeah. you know, it's well, just with solos like, with so, with, yeah, with, yeah. generally with solos in metal music. And he said, but you always have that one where you just go in and you smash the whole thing yeah. like like as one take, and it's such a good feeling when you do it. And he was saying the practice what you preach solo, which is like an awesome testament track. That whole solo is like just one take, and you listen to it, and it's quite complex and quite long as well. It's a really long solo, and like I'm just like, oh, it's so cool that when you do get those moments when you're just proper in the flow of it, and it all flows together, you know. I remember being really impressed with that as well because, um, you know, I really like that that uh, band Death. Mm. Um, obviously not around anymore because the singer Chuck, um, sadly died of brain cancer, but um. They went through a couple of lead guitarists during their tenure, and I can't remember which one it was, but there's this really, one of their best songs is called Lack of Comprehension, and the solo on that is insane, and yeah, I can't remember whoever the lead guitarist of that was at the time, yeah, they won took that. Mm. I remember when I heard that, because um, it was like an interview, I was reading like an old interview with Chuck, and he just said like, you know, they hadn't had him like for long, it was like he was like quite new to the band. Mm. Um, and like all of their lead guitarists, like insane, like, you know, like face melting, like metal solos and stuff, like crazy, but um yeah, it was just like, apparently they just said it was so crazy because they like they'd never even really met him before. It came in the studio and he was just like, "Hey guys, yeah, yeah," and it was like really <laughs> quite and cool. And then just like sat down and they were like, "Yes, yeah, so this is probably one of you know the solo." And he's like, oh, "Cool, cool, 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 cool," and then just yeah, just ripped out this fucking thing. So he was like, "Okay, yeah, um, I think that's good." And they, were, they were just like, "Okay, yeah, like so glad that this guy is our new lead yeah. artist." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. That's a bit like Marty Friedman or like or even or like Kiko. You know, all like Kiko oh, yeah, as well, do you know what I mean? They're both just like insane, aren't they? Everybody loves Marty Friedman in the metal world. Oh yeah, he's he's got loads of feel as well. 
Oh, yeah. That, yeah, he's got so much feel. Yeah, man. Yeah, Marty Friedman. Yeah, because he's um, yeah, he was almost like not that thrashy in his style, was he? But it was like, mm. a really nice compliment to Megadeth, just like really interesting like solos and stuff over like all just the thrashy riffs that like Dave Mustaine were doing there. And and his hand like like curled, his picking style, it's like his hands like curled right round like this. Have you ever noticed that with Marty Friedman? No, no. So no, like no, yeah. he'd have his right. You normally you just pick like if you see it on the camera just like that. He curls his hand round like that, so it's like keep me going here. The curler, and then and then and so then what's he, what's, then, what's he doing there? And like, then he just kind of like I don't know. He looks like he's kind of just jerking one off with the guitar, <laughs> but like but like he kind of uses his wrist to like to like do the alternate picking, but mm. but but it's like an insane technique. But he's so clean with it, you know. So mm. it's um it's just one of those like crazy crazy little. Guitarist crazy little mm. thing called love. Yeah, it's mm. mad, isn't it, man? All these different styles. I've uh, have you ever heard of a guitarist? Oh, I'm gonna have to like check. I I, I wrote down what his name was because I was like I listened to some of his stuff. I randomly read an article, um, and it was basically saying, um, you know, like John Williams is the guy that did like all the score for like um, Jurassic like, Park, Star Wars, and Star Wars, yeah, Pirates of the like. Caribbean. Yeah, like he's his basically his favorite musician of all time was this guitarist um, from. Uh, was it Guatemala? Oh. Let me have a look. Let me have, let me check it out. His he was from, he was from. Oh, sorry, Paraguay. He was oh, from Paraguay. Nice. His name was um, Augustin Balios. Ah. You've never heard of him? No. Well, what I thought it was mad because I never he like flamenco a Spanish kind of guitar. More like classical, but mm. with um, folk and uh, and and pop of the day Ooh. influence. But he died in like. I think like the 40s, like the ah, 1940s. Okay. So he's been dead a long time. He was born in like, you know, like the 1800s. But um, do you know what? I'll show you guys. Because I, as soon as I heard from him, it was going there, on about... There was, there was some recordings of him still. Yeah. Re- really freaking rough. So I'll, I'll, I'll play him for, for everyone listening. But all of you music lovers, though, this is a treat. And do you know what? I thought it was really cool because... Um, well, one thing, I, I guess it's just the sands of time, isn't it? Like no one's going to live forever. And also not just live forever, but not everyone, you know, unless you are... In like the top zero point zero 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 zero. Play it off that one, man. Yeah. Yeah, because it won't pick up if it's from this PC. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah. Um, unless you're like a Genghis Khan or someone like that. Yeah, or like a Julius Caesar, you're <laughs> not gonna be remembered. Um, but so it almost uh, my initial reaction was like, oh, I can't believe I've never heard of this guy. But then after that, I thought, I'm so glad I read this article because now I'm gonna like listen to a lot of it, mm. you know. Um, and try and sort check of it s- out. Try and mm-hmm. spread the word, bruh. But um, yeah, I really liked it as well because um, basically, John. I, I was like reading this interview with like, um, like John Williams, and he was saying like why he liked him was because he was like this madly like talented virtuoso, but he never like played Overplayed. in an overtly technical mm. way. Mm. Every all of his playing was like very like delicate and emotional. And I was like, oh mate, you're speaking my language. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, You're speaking my love language, baby. You're speaking my language. Oh, I'll put it on. I'll put it on Spotify actually, because that'd be better, wouldn't it? And then so. this is a, this is also linked to your account, Drew. So I'll I'll follow him because I already checked, lovely. and he has got a Spotify account. Someone started a Spotify account for Ooh, him. So lovely. oh, he is Augustin Barrios Mangore. Barrios Mangore. There's this nice little black and white photo of him here. Um, so follow, and then what I'll do is I found like an app because there's a lot of albums where people are like covering his stuff. If you if you delve deep, you can find this really old, rough recording um, where it's actually him. And obviously the sound quality is pretty rubbish, but I think it's worth it actually to hear him playing, mm. you know? Um, just makes it better hearing him play. 
So uh, let me just find it. I, mean, I know that it's sort of like a, a red album cover with like a like almost like a drawing of him on the front. <laughs> so I just need to find that a minute, folks, and then we what shall... time period do you see? Did you see this guy's from? I'm pretty sure he was born in like the 1880s or something like that, Whoa. and lived until like the 1940s something, like 1944 or something like that. Um, I'm scrolling. Oh, look how many albums there are of like his work. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Barrios's greatest hit. So this is actually him. So um, listen to some of this, people. Let me find um, let me find a nice, a really nice one. Oh, that sounds quite, doesn't it? Canton Plachon. Canton Plachon. Uh, oh, this one. Let's have a listen, shall we? Hopefully this will actually. Why isn't it playing? Oh, damn it. <laughs> let me um, connect to a device. This computer. Right, let's try this now. Oh. There we go. Yep. So yeah, and also um, on the front cover of the album it says 21 selections remastered from the original recordings from 1914 to 1929 of wow. Augustin Barrios Mangore. Wow. I'm loving the grain. Hmm. Apparently he often used to play in um, DG, mm. so like a low end, you know, like e, the E would play on the D, and the A he'd play G, and then but then you know the, from there it would be um, normal standard. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, still like D G B E. Just really nice and relaxing. Like you can imagine, like being in like Italy or something, and then like having like, flying him over for something, and you just like sitting having your dinner or like a nice. Do you know what I mean? Just like what, listen to this would be like, well, we're relaxing. Mm. classically trained I think apparently I um I like looked right into him and he started having like classical lessons at 13 and apparently within like two years he was like good enough that he was like touring the world but so he's like really technical you know they like, on that classical style but he was really into folk music um and also into like uh, what was at the time pop music obviously very different from pop music of the day so <laughs> both had like an influence on his playing so it's quite unique but you can still obviously really hear that classical so he would have been like hugely well known back in the day he was touring the world, yeah. yeah. I said, John Williams, John Williams says that he's the best musician of all time. Mm. And imagine, imagine John Williams thinking that of you. <laughs> John Williams That's says insane that. insane playing, yeah. man. Mm. But like John Williams said that not just in like a playing way, like in like his, the music he wrote. Yeah. Apparently he had over 300 compositions in his lifetime and like just never wrote a bad one. Like, 
funny in it because I always think like um, I think for people that don't play guitar they, they'll hear like say like one by Metallica and they'll think that's like like the guitar solo in one they'll think that's like the hardest title of guitar solo in but this is like so much harder in it dude obviously it's like apples and oranges but like I know which one I think is harder anyway <laughs> the, the level of multitasking going into something like this is just insane It's interesting, isn't it? Because it starts quite slow and it builds like a lot. Like the first sort of like mm. like minute or two, you're like, yeah, this is really nice, but it's not like, you know, mm. anything that maybe you wouldn't be able to play. And then suddenly you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> but it's like in a really like delicate, natural way, it's not forced. That. that was awesome. We'll play. We'll play one more, and then we'll. Uh... So, when would like recording have first been available for music? Yeah, I have no idea, mate. Because you imagine this must be quite early on. Well, this obviously sounds like it, like it was recorded on a really old record, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you can hear. Yeah, like. So it's almost like yeah, it's like a remaster, almost like a remastering of that. Like back when they had those, you know, like old gramophones. Mm. I know they had old gramophones as early as like World War One. Like around, it was, it was around. It was around World War One that like the first gramophone came out. I don't know the exact year, but I remember because at the time people thought it was crazy. Because you got to bear in mind when the gramophone came out. Before that, if you want to listen to music, you had to you had to go out and find like yeah. a bar or something that people were playing music to, to, to have them. Or like maybe you would have known a musician in the family that could look at you know if they were good they could play. How do you think about amplification and stuff like that? Like everything would have just been completely unamplified. Mm. So well, that's why steel strings were originally yeah. invented, weren't they? Like on guitars, like for, for people More projection. For people that don't know, you can probably picture it. Like think of like a classical guitar or like you know like a, a nylon string guitar. Um, you know, like they're obviously a, a, an older style of guitar. Um, and then I think it was in America, I think it was Martin, the guitar company Martin, I think, that invented the first steel strings um, on like the, the high, you know, the high E, like GBE strings, as they, as they are in standard tuning. Um, and that was purely because um, they cut through better. Mm. So say, um, you know, you'd be, say you'd be in the Wild West and there'd be like, say, like, I don't know, like six musicians on stage. Um, sometimes the, the nylon string guitar would get drowned out mm. by the other instruments, especially if you had like some brass or like some loud drums or something. You know, you can't really play the nylon strings like even if you hammer them hard, they're not necessarily like a cutting through sound, are they? Mm. In, suddenly, like Martin started putting steel strings on, and then it just the way that it sounds, it cuts through, doesn't it? Mm. it cuts through, cuts through other sounds. I wonder if so. You said the this is from 1912 to all of these recordings are between 1914 and 1929. 1914, I wonder if that's when he first had like the ability to record music. Yeah, well, it probably would have been because, as I said, if uh, the gramophone was uh, invented around the time of the First mm. World War, and 1914 is around that as well, isn't mm. it? So, yeah, it would have been. Um... It's so cool though that like it's almost amazing that. You know, um, there are even our own recordings of him at all, but it's like amazing mm. that there is. It's so good. Yeah. Mm. So good. 
snapshot in time. Because imagine, like, there's one thing, think about, oh, like, the amazing classical co composers, like, one of my favourite classical composers, like, Vivaldi, for example. Mm. Like, we can hear his, his music, but mm -hmm. we can't hear it the way he played it. Mm. And obviously every musician has, like, their own, like, flavour. Like, if I tried to play, like, a song that you wrote, mm. I could, even if I tried my hardest to make yeah. it sound like you, it wouldn't. Your imprint is your is yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. You can't ever recreate No one could ever recreate that. Mate, it's like you're coriander and, mm. and I'm and I'm parsley, you know? Mm. <laughs> you can't you can't make it be like And even another piece of coriander couldn't copy it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can, it's pretty yeah. mad. So the first um like recognizable record of human voice and music is in eighteen seventy seven. Whoa. Which is pretty crazy. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Does yeah. it say Whoa. what it was? Yeah, it's a recording was? of Au Claire de la Lune is right. now considered the earliest re recognisable How record. would you spell that? Let's it's listen. It's like A-U, then space C-L-A-I-R. C-L-A-I-R. Uh, so A-U, yep. and then space Au Claire. And then space de la Luna. De, de la Lune, yeah. Okay, found him. Oh. Um... I need to a digitally trend. converted phonautograph pho recording. I found it, mate. 1860. Oh, wow. Recording from 1860. Sound restoration, it says. Whoa, so this is apparently the first ever one. Ever one. So this oh. is the first ever recorded music. <laughs> that sounds like sketchy, mate. <laughs> sounds like a ghost. That sounds like something from like a freaking <laughs> paranormal activity movie or something. Insidious. <laughs> Imagine being in bed and then you just hear this out of nowhere. I feel like it's we're almost being disrespectful for mocking it, but no, actually we're not. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly warranted. So this perfectly is warranted. The first ever one. That's crazy. Oh, I got a bit better. Then. Sounds like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they recorded that. Phonograph. Phonautograph. That's mental. I wonder what the process of that is. Mm. That's crazy. That is crazy. Hmm. Yeah. It's got like it says it's got five parts, but I mean, and it so it was Thomas Edison. I don't know. No, I yeah, assume no, it was in 1877. The U.S. inventor Thomas Edison heard Mary had a little lamb emanate from a uh, machine into which he had just spoken the ditty. It was the first time a recording of the human voice had been re reproduced and. The event signalled the birth of the phonograph. So, yeah, it, it was definitely the it phonograph. It might have been a guy called uh, Edouard Leon Scott de Martinville. Does it say anything about that guy there? On this, it says, um, in the description, it says, um, the, phone, the phone autograph recording from 1980 of Au Claire de la Lune. Sound restoration, the first known recording of a human voice from the 9th of April, 1860, Edouard Leon Scott de Martinville. I assume mm. that was the guy, because otherwise, why would they just randomly have mm. some other person's name there? But that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. They look mad as well, the phonautographs. How look far we've got? Yeah, that's crazy, mate, isn't it? Like, do you know, it looks Whoa. like a cement mixer. That's crazy. It looks yeah. like, you know, yeah. one of those big, like, cement lorries that you just see going around? Yeah. It looks Massive like that, doesn't mixer. it? Yeah. <laughs> do it like just cement mixing your voice. Oh. But I think, well, how much we take it for granted? Think it's like, um,. So that was 1860. So it's like 160 years later, and think like everyone's just got like Spotify on their phone with like mm. mad freaking like you know just like pretty. I mean, obviously, unless the artist like doesn't want their their stuff on Spotify, 
um, you can just like pretty much listen Mostly to any artist on so just download yeah. the albums and then even if you don't have signal you can just, uh, just listen to them how good it sounds as well when you hear some amazing production like played really loud mm. in your car with really good speakers or something yeah. and it's just like or just at a massive festival and you've got the bass hitting you and you can just feel it throughout your body like that in itself is just a crazy experience you know do you know what that just made me think as well it'd be an interesting thing to find out so um, obviously we were saying you know like until um, like gramophones were invented um, people, it was like an amazing thing. Like people couldn't believe that they could just freaking buy a gramophone and listen to music at home. Like it was like people would like just stand around the gramophones, like smiling at night, like mm. listening <laughs> to them apparently because they would just think it was like the best thing ever. Because obviously before that you'd have to go out to listen to you know music. But um, I wonder when the first like amplified like concert was, mm. or, and like festival. Because yeah. there's one thing like there's one thing like going out and listening to some music in a bar. Yeah, but that's then it. But like a, a like Glastonbury that. or like yeah, Download, Reading, and... like Woodstock style, like boom. Yeah, because like, <laughs> even now with like inline array speakers that carry like that are at festivals now, you know, like the big rows of like and they they almost bend a bit and they're just like mm-hmm. loads of small speakers. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I heard like Tommy Emmanuel talking about actually like it used to be different in uh, back when he was doing first things in the 70s and in the 80s like um the old pas they would just be these big speakers and he said they were thumping they mm. they used to thump in a different way to like these inline array speakers that you get in like concert halls now mm. and stuff um so so it sounds nicer to the crowd now and kind of like but he said as a musician like you being behind this massive like pa and just just your guitar and feeling the thumping of it it's like you don't get that so much anymore. Like mm. so, so it sounds nicer to the audience. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's, that's and I was like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That must mm. have been a different way of performing. That like, he said he would like play with the PA. Mm. Like he he would like feel the PA and 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 that would be a part of his sound. You know. Yeah. And like kind of yeah, it's mad how it like changes. Do you, Do you remember hearing about how distortion was invented? Yeah, cutting a speaker. Yeah, but it was no, it was an accident at first, yeah, though, wasn't it? Yeah, cutting I think it, a speaker. No, so I think the it was. I think came. it was the Kinks. I'm pretty sure it was the Kinks, the band, the Kinks, like a big sort mm. of band in 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 a British band, I think, in like the '60s. I want to say. Mm. Yeah. Um. 1960. They Four. were like moving. They were like you know transporting their gear, and then I think he accidentally knocked over his amp or like dropped his amp or something, and something went. I don't know if it was, was like the, one of the drummers' yeah. like stands or something went through the the amp in through the speaker but they were like on their way to a gig or something like that so they he was like oh well i'm just gonna hope it i'm just gonna plug it in obviously hope it works and he plugged it in and obviously it worked but it had this like yeah. sound <laughs> and he was like but he was like Do you know what? this actually sounds really good which is crazy because that mm. yeah that's like a broken flappy speaker so yeah. it's showing you can get this one but then you know, most most of it would then come from valves and valve amplifiers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Know? So it's weird how it like went from, you know, because people used to slash their speakers and stuff. When yeah. They fed, so after that, that, so yeah, so that became yeah. a thing. So after that, he would, because obviously he was again, essentially the guy that accidentally invented <laughs> distortion. Um, and then because he thought the sound was really good, um, I think... Aunt Kinks, the one that's got that song like um You really got me. Yeah, girl, you really got me now. You got me so I can't sleep at night. But if you think about the guitar and it is um for the time, <laughs> obviously not by nowadays standards, because we have like freaking like slipknot and freaking behemoth and spans <laughs> like that, do you know what I mean? But um for the time the guitar like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That was like for the time, it was almost like that was like quite a new sound. Um, so yeah, because it was quite a while still, you know, a few years after that until they would actually invent like, um, you know, like distortion pedals and things like that. Tune. 
Yeah, yeah. Like um, he would deliberately, and then other musicians started deliberately putting mm. holes in their mm. in their amps. Yeah, and their speakers <laughs> so that they mm. could get that distortion sound. But that's cool, isn't it? Says mm. that he sliced it with a razor blade. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. I remember um, um, always hearing from like Johnny Rotten, you know, obviously like famously the lead singer of the Sex Pistols and that. He said that like he, like, I think he said that like his favourite band was the Kinks and he was like saying like they didn't get enough credit, but like they were like really like whether it's like punk music or metal music, they were almost like, you know, because everyone goes on about like bands like Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and stuff like that. But like, and even like the Beatles, people go on about how like Helter Skelter sounds a bit almost like a metal song that's not mm. that heavy, but mm. it still sort of structures like a, a metal song or something but you know the kinks had like a really raw sound and obviously even just like the fact that they were the key like you know inventors of almost of distortion like that's mm. like imagine listening to like metallica without distortion darkness no i mean like that song was so funny on clean wasn't it mm. you know um, if you want to hear it on clean, listen to Mike Dawes' acoustic version of it. That's pretty cool. He's done a few. You know that he, Mike Dawes? He's like an amazing. Is he a relation um, of George Dawes? I don't think so. No. He's no. George Dawes. <laughs> uh, uh, some people will probably know what I'm referencing. In the 90s, there was this really good show called Shooting Stars, and it was um, hosted by Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, who were like very famous British comedians, or at least oh, they right. were in the 90s anyway. They're still pretty big nowadays. I think people, yeah. most people would know who Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer are. But um, I'm pretty sure, like, your mum's a fan. And I know that, like, you know, Josh is a big fan and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, they used to have this show called Shooting Stars. Oh, and yeah. it had Ulrika Johnson <laughs> as, like, one of the team captains. It was a bit like, you know how, like, nowadays we've got, like, 8 out of 10 cats or mm. something like mm-hmm. that. It was a bit like um, that, but back in the day. And I remember Ulrika Johnson was one of the captains. And then who was the other one? It might have been Mark Lamar. He also was the original host of Nevermind the Buzzcocks. That was a great show as well, Nevermind the Buzzcocks. But that came out a bit after. But um, you know, obviously, the comedian Matt Lucas. Mm. Nowadays, he's most known um, for like Little Britain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's like um, the bold guy, you know, in Little Britain. Um, yeah, he played this character in the show called George Dawes. And he <laughs> used to, and the George Dawes was basically a giant baby that would wear a onesie and he played the drums. And so at the end of every round, he would like basically do like a freaking. Oh, yeah, like, I do. He would do that. like a drum roll or a drum solo and he'd be like, and then. Um, as he was doing the drums, Vic Reeves and Bob Mott would shout, what are the scores? George Dawes. And he'd go like... Yeah. Rika has five and, and Mark has 12. Or something like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Can he actually play the drums as well? Yeah. Oh, that's well good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, do you know what? I'll get a clip of that app as well because that's, that's <laughs> worth watching. But yeah, Mike Dawes is awesome as well. He does... Yeah, that, look he, how he just he, like he went does. off a tangent. You're trying to tell him about like, this actually really good girl. He, he like... Um, he did a co- co- cover of that um, Somebody That I Used To Know. Oh, yeah. Did it, that got Jason song which yeah, i really yeah. like that song as a, as far as a pop song goes i always thought that sound sounded like, loads like an 80s song but it was yeah. randomly released in like yeah, 2010 kimbra, so mm-hmm. kimbra the woman who sings on there i i was a fan of her before i heard but that you didn't have to she's, she's so off. good like yeah she's like she's got an awesome voice in that but mike dawes did a cover of that um and he he like every part he's managed to do like on the guitar acoustically from like the the, the drums the melodies like the yeah. background and you know one of those one of those acoustic guitarists but yeah and he did he did one by metallica as well well that's so good man that's yeah. so cool um yeah, it's really cool there's also a really good band um called oh what are they called i think they're called like breaking something like breaking reality or something like that and they do like a classical cover of lateralis by tool oh nice do you remember that I don't, I don't think I've heard it. Well, you have. But I like I like Rodrigo <laughs> Gabriello's um, version of Orion as well. 
I haven't heard that. That's amazing. Mate, we'll check that. We'll listen to a couple of... We'll check out all of these things, but let's, this is... So this is... So he used to, like, do, like, random comedy songs. So this is Shooting Stars from back in the 90s. George's song. Listen very carefully. The question comes straight after. But he used to do, like, random silly comedy songs as well. So this is one of the songs called The Baked Potato Song. It's like such British comedy. You must listen to what potatoes say. Do be good, don't be bad. Don't be happy, don't be sad. Can you see what's going on? No. The potato, there's like a little fake potato next to him singing. You must listen to what the big potato say. I know, yeah, do it. Do be bad, don't be Yeah, you get the gist, but yeah, George Dawes, that was, that was so good. So, um, I'll show you, um, I think, it's, it's, I can't remember what it was called. It's like, it's like a, it's like an amazing classical cover of, uh, Lateralis. Mm. Which for anyone that doesn't know, it's, yeah, it's like a Tool song. Um, um, classical cover, I'll just put, it's like, the guy's like freaking shredding on his cello, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bit of a cello. Mm. Cello. I'm trying to remember. I think it's like violin. Oh, Break of Reality. Yeah, they're called. It's like it's like a, some cellos and I think maybe a violin. Oh, nice. This is in insane. This is insane. If anybody doesn't know the song Lateralis by Tool, check that out because it's just an amazing song. But then this cover is insane as well. Can people see the screen or no? No. Ah, oh, it's a shame. So yeah, but so we're watching like a live um, cello cover that you can just find on YouTube if you just type in Break of Reality Tool, um, or like just type in like Break of Reality Lateralis cover. But this is like proper beautiful. Insane like playing as well with musicianship. Is that cello at the moment? Yep, he's yeah. picking the cello oh, strings. Right. And then if you can hear in the background like slowly the, the other cello is going... But oh, they're yeah. like really slowly fading it in. They're being like really gentle at the moment. Building up that ambiance, mm, yo. Get on the ambiance. Everyone's getting a um a plethora of musical delights on mm. today's Pandora's box. reason I love classical music and like prog music is because they're like masters of the build. Mm. I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, pop songs and punk songs would be over by now. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. one, this one hasn't even started yet. <laughs> oh, there they are. Hey mate, there's no need to rush, is there? You know, take your time. Build up that ambiance. Takes you a couple of minutes just to get into the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got a drummer as well. So they got it's a drummer, um, and I think. Three celloists, three celloists and a drummer. That's it. Come and have a look, Drew. See how like it's like because it's cool how into it they're getting. They're like loving it. They're like shredding, just freaking having so much fun.
They're quite excited though. <laughs> They're quite excited because he saw that woman. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like a, a little dog that just can't help but hump people's legs. He <laughs> was like, what? Woman? Musician? Hello. Good? Attractive? <laughs> Where's her leg? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Pixar as well, but then yeah. Yeah, so cool, man. You see that a lot of times with them, um, especially in like folk music, people with um, violins. Like violinists and folk music and stuff often pick rather than use the reed of, de of destiny. It's called a reed, isn't it? Bow. A bow, sorry, a bow, yeah. A reed is like something in a woodwind instrument, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I get mixed up sometimes, guys. I think it's so cool how um, they've, it still sounds quite heavy. And he's like so into it, yeah. Like loving it. But I think that's really infectious. Like it comes through. They're all taking it in turns to shred. Oh, it's the chick, Drew. Crazy how many different sounds you can get from them using just the same instruments. Three cellos and drums, yeah. Good drummer, though, isn't he? Cool drummer. I feel like I'm like setting up some ancient like quest that I'm about hell, to go on. Hell yeah, dude. Pretty sure it gets even more fat in a minute. I think this is like lulling you into a false sense of security, like thinking it's all dying down and it just goes mental again. The eye of the storm. Yeah. I bet this would be like insane to actually like watch live, like be there in the front row, like be like amazing. Be like when we went to go see Medieval Babes Drew and everyone was like sitting down with their glasses of wine and we were like stood up head banging. <laughs> and it's down the bar. I just don't understand people can't get into music, like, you know, like I can't help help it. Compliments each other like so well. Oh man, yeah. Already solo.
How freaking cool is that? That was awesome. Mate, that was insane. So cool. I love this carbon fibre cello as <laughs> yes, well. Yes, cool, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that. Mental carbon fibre cello. Mm. Yeah, I wonder like... So good. Do you know what? I remember like finding that like years ago now, but I've, I've never, never actually checked before. out more of Break of Reality. I mm. saw another cello thing and it was like, um, and it was like an ACDC track. Oh, really? Yeah, there was like an ACDC track and it was both of them done it, but they might have even put some um, like distortion on the cellos as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah. It's such work. a crucial instrument in classical music, isn't it? I know when mm. I went to see um, the Hans Zimmer, John Williams thing mm. at uh, Welsh Cathedral, it was like the cello was such like a mm. backbone of almost yeah. every single yeah, song. Yeah, the whole like string section, yeah. you mm. know, got like the cellos and the violas and the violins and everything. Mm. I'm a big fan of stringed instruments mm. in general. I think they yeah. sound amazing. I got a really cool cellos. like VST the other day uh, for like for like a music program mm. on Cubase, and um, and it was it's the BBC Symphonic Orchestra, but the way they've got it set out is that you can just see like the orchestra and mm. like the whole mm. sections and pick which one you want to do. And then you can like on your keyboard, like play and they've actually recorded every instrument. So it's all real sound still, but wow. you're just kind of like the real, real instrument samples. And they've got loads of different playing styles and that. And it was so cool to like really realistically, mm. like just play some chords in, but so with cool. a whole string section in that. And it is, it just sounds insane, you know? So freaking cool dog. Yeah. So freaking cool. Crazy. Yeah, man. I think like um, stringed instruments. I mean, all, all instruments I love at the end of the day, but I think I've got a bit of a soft spot for string and like mm. woodwind. Like, I mm. freaking love woodwind. Mm. Yeah. I'm always saying to you, aren't I? Well, and you say as well, like, I wish we knew like some more yeah. like, really good woodwind players. Yeah. And I almost like wouldn't really care what it was. I don't care if it's penny whistle, like old school folky style or like mm. flute or like oboe, like whatever. Like, like just if you knew some like some really good. If you Anyway, if anyone's listening... <laughs> and you're you a, really a jam. woodwind player and mm-hmm. you want to like do some music with me and Drew get in touch because that would be freaking amazing mm. it's got to would... happen yeah and just like you know add hopefully some layers hopefully we'll meet some at this folk festival we're going to oh yeah me and Drew are working a folk festival in Kent Folkstone Folk Festival mm. which is folk, a very folk fitting stone. name isn't it mm. um, so yeah we're, um, hopefully we'll meet some freaking sick woodwind instrumentalists there but if mm. yeah if um if you do play woodwind and you're listening you want to have a jam with me and Drew let us know or Obviously, we played that song at the beginning of the episode, and I said what the chords were. Do some freaking play along, play along. woodwind over it, and then um, yeah, I don't know, like send us your playing over it or something. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, <laughs> wouldn't it? That'd be pretty cool. The owl in the dark <sighs> by Witch Hazel. Hoot. Feeling folky today. Yeah, um, it's cool. We haven't ran on me like a bit of a musical episode of PB. Mm. We've listened to some classical guitar and we've listened to some crazy cello covers of Tool. Um, you were saying about all those cool, like those one. Mm. Um, who's that again? Who's he saying? Mike Dawes. Mike Dawes. Yeah, Mike George Dawes. George Dawes' cousin. <laughs> Mike Dawes. He should like, yeah, Mike Dawes should get George Dawes on the drums. Do the drums, <laughs> yeah. That'd be epic. Mate, I'd love that. Unfortunately, it'll probably never happen, but... Dawes um, 1. Let's type in that. Did he do it? Did he do it? Did oh, do it? yeah, that's what I found. Um, I, I tell you who also, um, there's a guy that I follow, and he does amazing folk covers mm. of of metal songs and those are insane I'll show you oh, him in nice. a minute I'll find out I'll quickly find what his uh, YouTube is in a minute so it's a bit like this but it's just more like folky mm. 
It is amazing when you get like amazing virtuoso guitarists doing this as well, because obviously they do like the lead and the rhythm at the same yeah, time and that, exactly. and you're just like, what the hell? And then sometimes the vocals as well. Yeah, that's insane, dude. Mate, mad, mad talent, mad talent, mad talent. My fragile little mind doesn't even understand how somebody could be that good on the guitar. There's freaking level to this, brah. There's levels to this. That, oh, nice little harmonic then. So oh, bloody yeah. hell. Bloody hell, mate. saying like they do the vocals and everything it's like they're doing rhythm guitar lead guitar and and vocals all at the same time like that's nuts oh even did the harmony even did the vocal harmony jesus crazy man Went to an Opeth gig in Bristol. Uh, yeah, an Opeth gig in Bristol, and I saw Mike Dawes in the crowd, and I just went up to him and I just shook his hand and was just like, "You're an amazing guitarist." And then he just looked at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, "What are you doing?" Well, to be honest, mate, I mean, he is, yeah. and that's like a that's natural reaction. Him. I just packed him and was like, "You're an amazing guitarist." <laughs> mate, if someone said so that um, to me about anything, I'd be like, "Sam, cheers." Yeah, he's just like a really sound English guy. Nice.
amazing i'll show you this one quickly um it's, it's this guy called argle the bard and it's like similar and it's like similar but he it's, he does it more like folky mm. and this guy like blows my mind i love it he's done like um like ghost ones metallica oh, yeah. ones system of a down ones um right even like running up that hill by kate bush oh yeah <laughs> should we listen to a bit of that one that'd be probably quite epic yeah everybody loves it. it nowadays because argle of um, stranger bard. things mm-hmm. um argle the bard great name as well isn't it? yeah mm. i'm hoping we'll be allowed to put this up on youtube otherwise it'll be a pretty boring episode for people <laughs> surely <laughs> they're, imagine the whole thing's uh, copyright. they're not yeah. like they're not like massive bands and mm. surely like the actual pages like yeah although we'll, we'll although most it. of them are a lot bigger than ours like you know it's a bit of exposure in it mm. hopefully they won't get their knickers in a twist um, come on, guys. Let's all just uh, <laughs> let's all just help each other here, you know. So this is running up that hill by Kate Bush, <laughs> but like folk cover. Look at that, like old loop. I appreciate how good he is at all the different instruments as well. Sounds lush, doesn't it? Just goes to show as well that you can cover pretty much any song with like old traditional instruments. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like, you know, even if they're like more electronic-y and...
woodwind instrument is. It almost sounds a bit jazzy or something. It's like as a foon. As a foon. Yeah, I used to have one. It's got a saxophone read on it. I was going to say, it sounds like a sax. Yeah, it makes it sound like a sax. But it looks like, it, for people that can't see it, it almost looks like a... Bamboo like a, stick. Yeah, like a bamboo stick. Like like a baton, it basically looks like, but with a big reed on it. Yeah, I'll show you um, the... Mary, Mary on a cross, which is uh, a uh, ghost cover. They're all so good, though. As I said, check out um, Argle the Bard's page because all of his all of his covers are just amazing. Yeah, man. Me and Drew are big fan of bazookis. Metal songs really work for folk covers as well, don't they? I like the, that loop, it's, it's like six strings like a guitar. Yeah. It looks like it's tuned like a guitar as well. Sounds amazing. time and playing this to like some king in like 1200. <laughs> Just playing it to like Richard the Lionheart and his court. As well. he's, done a, he's done like a version of the Mandalorian's theme tune, which is really cool. Check out this. Oh. <laughs> he's like got so many instruments, isn't he?
know what that's called? Some, some mental string instrument. <laughs> I'm like laughing because of how good it is, not because of anything else. It sounds exactly like it as well, doesn't it? instead of the next series of Mandalorian. Oh, crazy. I have not heard that, so that's interesting. So cool, isn't it? I'll just play a little bit of this one as well, just for any of you System of a Down fans. This is like Aerials by um I said he's done one of like one and everything. He's done like loads of Metallica ones and like Black Sabbath ones, but for any of you new metal fans out there, let's face it, I think most people around our age know System of a Down just because it was big when we were in school. have as a food. page because if so I'm gonna definitely follow it and put a load of it in like my folk playlists and that <laughs>
be worth a follow, isn't it? So good, isn't it? I was thinking as well, like um, just while we were listening to that. Obviously, um, earlier on in the show, we played like the first ever recording of like someone singing, even mm. if it did sound like a cat. Mm. Um, sounded a bit like a crazy cat. Ghost. cat. Yeah, cat, <laughs> cat ghost. Um, but it, isn't it amazing how we've come from like? Imagine that first person that was like, "Yeah, we're gonna." What do they call it? It was almost like a. It was like a f- oh. phonograph or something like that. Yeah, something Some, like that. Um, um, and then imagine how crazy that would have seemed through at the time, like a, a breakthrough. And then we listened to some recordings that were between what was it, 1914 and then 1929, mm-hmm. something like that. And obviously by that point, you know, you could record, but it still sounds rough. Like it sounds like you probably probably better quality recording it on just like a tape recorder, mm. like not plugged in in like 1980. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just like in, in your house somewhere or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but um, isn't it crazy that we've got to now where literally like people are using AI to make songs of like brand new songs from artists that are dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you se- have you like seen that? Have you like, listened to any of that? It's crazy. They, they, they've been really scared of the copyright with it, haven't they? I know. Oh, have they? I know there was one of Drake, uh, obviously really? not dead, but they, they made uh, AI of a Drake song mm. and I think it, it would have like charted. Like really? it got that big. Really? And it was just uh, it was just an AI that someone had completely made themselves. I think they had to record their own voice into it and write like, the lyrics to it and then just mm. use like a, almost the same way you would use a, what's the face one? Uh, when you copy someone's face. Like facial recognition? No, no, no. There's an actual word for it. I can't think, for some reason I can't think of the word for it, mm. but basically they would just use their voice and add Drake's voice onto theirs. Mm. And that's like the way to oh, make okay. it more smooth. So you can still like... Like if you could do an impression of someone mm. and then add their own voice onto it, it would be more accurate than if you just wrote it like in yeah. the words ah, yeah. and made them do it because you could still hit their their way of speaking a little bit better. Mm. Their I nuances. Listen, I listened to a couple of Nirvana ones and I'm not going to lie, like they're not perfect or at least mm. the ones I listened to. I've literally just clicked in Nirvana AI song. The first one that's come up and it says AI creates new Nirvana song called Drown in the Sun. So we'll listen to that in a sec. But 
One thing I will say, even though I don't think it's like flawless, like I think if you listen to it on an album, you'd be like, this is a bit weird. Yeah. But it still does amaze me how it's like brand new lyrics, but it sounds just like Kurt Cobain. Mm. Like, that's the thing that amazes me the most. Like the song doesn't sound flawless. It sounds a bit cronky. I haven't listened to this one, so this one might sound amazing. We'll find out in a minute. But it does amaze me how it's like, how have they taken like the voice of a guy that's been dead since 1995 mm. and it sound and made him say all this new stuff. Yeah. Like, do, how, like, do you know it's how they do it? They take clips. Deep fake. Uh, so, so they use like clips they, of... They, if there's, it's better, the reason it's better with people that can actually make music or like, mm. for the, for example, I'm pretty sure the best person on the planet with a deep fake is uh, Joe Rogan because there is so much content of him speaking yeah, sure. that they it can get field, like yeah. thousands of hours. Yeah, they have access yeah. to literally every single vowel that his mouth can make. And every like tone. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's hello. like that. So. Hello, hello. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's, that's how it works. They basically just take all the different content mm. that's already out there for mm. a person and mash it all together. I so thought that, that was probably, I thought that was probably how they do it. But yeah, let's check out this anyway. I said, I've heard a couple, but it does blow my mind, as I said, just to think in 160 years from that f- weird drowned cat ghost recording <laughs> to literally artificial intelligence creating songs from people that are dead this is mm-hmm. ai creates new nirvana song called drown in the sun so let's see what this is like oh wait a minute play it from the beginning it was it was, it was randomly <laughs> from like halfway through the song oh, maybe i've listened to it before maybe <laughs> I, I think i might have. yeah it does sound quite nirvana-y as well in terms of the guitar and everything as well but that sounds just like kurt cobain mm. That's the thing that I find creepy about it. I mean, it doesn't sound bad, does it? It's not certainly not their best ever song, but it doesn't sound bad. To be honest, the thing that I find most unrealistic about it, as someone that's listened to a lot of Nirvana, is more how the drums and the guitar tone sounds. Mm. But whoever did this probably obviously didn't take that into account so much. Like the guitar tone doesn't sound did, quite right, yeah, and it did, doesn't sound Dave Grohl-y enough. Yeah. The drums don't sound Dave Grohl-y enough. Did the AI do those bits as well, or is it just... Do you know what I, mean? I have no idea. Could have done. Do you know what I'd be curious to find out? If we programmed it to like, because there's a lot of content of us speaking out there. Mm. If we could program an AI, just be like, all right, Lots here's, of companies here's our are shows. making their own AIs now and stuff. Yeah, they? imagine if we could get our own AI. And they say how about, accurate like, it would sound to our own voice. So it's what what data set do you put in? Mm. Uh, yeah, this guy called Imp from Impact Theory that's done it because he's done a, a <laughs> ton of podcasts, and um, he says it's to the point where anyone can ask a question and it will answer based on his previous content. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and they, they tend to get like the tone of what people would think and say as well, don't they? So if you made an AI of yourself, it would say things that you would say. Yeah. That's what like amazes me. I think so that's so crazy. So he's using it in his company. So if employees have questions about certain things, he uses Whoa. it as a training thing for employees. So like speak to the CEO without having to speak to the CEO and yeah. wasting the CEO's time, you know? That's crazy. And he says that it's pretty much you can get it spot on, like for the most part, you know. And like, man, crazy, man. Especially if mental. someone's not got much time for stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would love to know like how long it's gonna take. I, I saw something about Marvel the other day that was crazy. It was in one of the shows 
they used, uh, they got extras, obviously, as you normally would. But so there was something in their contract or something like that, that now every single Marvel show, they have the rights to those people's faces and they can CGI them as extras into other shows. So they've got no use for any new extras now. Is that, why they, is that one of the reasons why got. they're doing the actor strike in Hollywood? Do you know that? Yeah, I about don't that? know if that's related. I know that is like a huge Surely that's moment, like, though. you know, because I know a lot of actors are like not turning up to like yeah. premieres mm. and press releases and, and like, stuff. And the music thing as well, like, like rights to people's songs and art it's been happening with you know mid journey and the fact yeah. that it's just mm, copying yeah. oh, it's styles and it, it stuff does, it like, does freak me out and concern me a little bit because i also think it's like um i think you know like like creating music is quite like a sacred process mm. um and when you're when you're just like taking the the human and the art out of it and just processing it like almost like a freaking biscuit tray in a in like yeah, a factory ones and zeros do you know what i mean it seems almost like a bit like um it seems almost like a bit like there's no like emotion in- or creation in that do you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like it's like take like the mona lisa right like um if like a computer could just like a and and make something as good as that would you find that as mm. valuable impressive because I, I, yeah it's something about the trials and tribulations of mankind and us like going through like different emotions and then creating and failing and creating again. It's like that's almost like part mm. of what makes it amazing. But I think that's still carried in art. Like, like some guy was talking about at a festival I was at, and it was a talk about um, AI art, and he was an artist there, and he was selling these like, these these um, yeah. pictures at the festival and everything. Mm. And like the the only thing I thought is maybe it's like a bit of like a. Um, uh, you know, it could just be bollocks. People think is like, but I do feel that those things are carried across in something that a human does. Like, you know, yeah, if you too. draw something or if you, so, so I don't think that can be recreated. It might look beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it might yeah, look really too. Yeah, beautiful, that's exactly but, what I'm saying. But man. I yeah. don't think so. So I don't worry about it. I don't worry about whatever the AI is creating because mm. I still think if a human puts their like um, put, puts their heart, their soul, their time into something, then that is still going to carry as its own resonance. It's going to have its but, own like mm, imprint that's carried with that piece yeah. of art. Don't, so. Aren't you worried though that maybe like more shallow people or people that don't care as much that just want something on their wall? Yeah, will basically I don't really put, care about those people then. Put, yeah, <laughs> I know. But what I do care about is may say if like say you are an artist for a living, mm. if you could go out of business because uh, like seventy five percent of the market are buying AI created stuff because technically it looks as good and because people can't tell the difference when it's on the wall anyway. Mm. I think you know artists, what I'm saying? yeah, and it's, it's it's about how they, you know, artists earn their money and stuff. Yeah, and that's what it. That's the, that's, the, that's the concern, like, isn't it? But that's what I mean. Like, I think um, as humans as well, we'll also adapt to what AI is bringing in that mm. respect and, and, mm. we, and we all kind of do different things to be able to like make a living. Like this guy was talking about, um, he's now created his own, AI art thing based mm. on all of his um, imagery that he can now he's put into this project of teaching people how to do art. So do you know what I mean? He's he's created these different things to help him get out of the predicament of how am I going to earn my money still? Mm-hmm. And I think adaptable as we are as humans, like we're going to just find more ways. Yeah, I think it should, I think it should help us rather than hinder us. Yeah, you know? definitely. Right. That's that's I guess that's just like the concern, isn't it? And as we were saying about like the music and stuff, it's like. Does it start getting into like copyright issues yeah. and yeah. things like that? You know, it's a bit mental. Like, mm. it's know? interesting. It kind of goes into the world of like, what do we actually love about the entertainment we enjoy? 
Like, mm. for example, is it the actual content itself that you love from a Metallica song, or is it the the journey that that music's taken to actually be curated? Mm. And stuff I think it's like about that, the way you know? it makes you feel and things yeah. like that. I think that's the most important thing. And but it's like, will the AI one mm. make you feel the same? Mm. I don't know. But I, I think, think so. I also think as this is, I think you know, you're a product of your generation, um, and I think that maybe people that are say like um, in primary school at the moment, or even secondary school maybe they wouldn't even understand what we were saying when, yeah, when we haven't felt it when we're yeah. explaining like yeah. why we are concerned and why we say think that's something like you know like, a, like oh this is the way a human art or a human mm. piece of music would be like more like beautiful and and, and uh, interesting and hold more value than something that AI created I, I reckon there's a chance that they might not even understand what we meant mm. by that mm. um a bit like the same way and, and and i say not not necessarily everyone but i know people that like don't can't enjoy old movies as much as as newer movies i even found because that growing up. yeah you know if the special effects aren't as good um then they see it as just like it's worse mm. whereas mm. i see it as it's charming and um you can still appreciate it yeah and i see mm. it as like I, I appreciate it for like what it is mm. and i think as well i also think that as time's going on i think there is a less of a of a emphasis on quality writing and quality acting because you mm. can fill in all the blanks with like flashy stuff so i think you know if you watch like a uh, a movie from like 40 years ago i think on the whole at like, the level of the acting and the level of the writing i think the writing is probably the thing that's taken the biggest hit mm. is more is superior mm. and i think that's mm. because it's like it had to be mm. so it's like the the level of writing i mean you think of like so, you know like the uh whether it's like all the Alfred Hitchcock's movies or like, you know, Quentin Tarantino always rants about it and stuff. Mm. You know, it's like, it's like the, you know, you're a story, you're telling a story. Mm. It's not, whereas nowadays, a lot of, lot of like old school directors and writers, they, they criticize some of the new movies as it's more like a, they say it's more like a fairground ride. It's basically, it's like, how many flashy lights and explosions can we do that make you go like, oh, 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 oh. You know, mm. it's like, it's taking you more on a roller coaster ride, which is like, yeah, that is still a level of entertainment, but it's not. It's not what it used to be. It's not like okay, we're telling you a story and we're going to take you on a different roller coaster ride. But it's through emotion. It's through the quality of the writing that's making you take mm. all these twists and turns. So, do you think that that because of it's turning like that, like it could change that for everyone? Because I still think there's like the people that do appreciate that. Yeah. And the, and, and and human ever like just just as a a part of us like mm. in our human being yeah like we're always gonna have mm. that you know like i, think I, I trust in that like, i think that some people always will yeah yeah people. but a lot of people will yeah. just be like the same the same way that we were listening to that amazing guitarist yeah. earlier on mm. i can't remember his name now off the top of my head um my, but um know, yeah, something augustus baroni or whatever his name was um but you know it's like uh i mean how many people know about him nowadays mm. i mean you've got one of the most famous composers of our of our and our parents generation john williams saying that he thinks he's the best musician of all time but let's face it the majority, if you ask most people on the street, especially mm. most younger people, like people younger than us, but like still adults, like between sort of 18 and our age, um, what do you think of this guy's playing? They probably wouldn't care. Yeah. And I think mm. that's obviously, it's, it's sad. You would get the odd cool, cool little yeah. dude or like, you know, like, or last that word. But most people would just rather listen to what's in the charts. I think, mm. I think there'll always be a market for that music that does have emotion, it does have feel behind it. But mm. the, I think an interesting question is when you look at the stuff like the charts and music that is almost being curated by record labels mm. that will say, these are the points you need to hit. You know, we don't really care about how you actually feel about this music. We want it to be successful. Mm. And that's what a lot of artists will be doing is making music purely for the record label, purely for the numbers. Do you think there's a place for them to get overtaken by the likes of AI? 
because Maybe. I mean, in that sense, there's not Hopefully. any feel. <laughs> yeah, there's not any feel behind that music anyway. Yeah. So what's to stop AI from overtaking that? Because they can, you know. Yeah, I suppose if people haven't felt that, that thing way. before of like really deeply getting into something and seeing the more nuanced, like kind of just just the in process depth process mm. of yeah, life process, and, yeah. and and appreciating that. I think I think it's going to separate. There's uh, for me. There's always going to yeah, be people too, uh, like that. Big separation. And there's yeah, and yeah. there's always going to be people that I, I think there think, already uh, is. Yeah, there, there already is. is. So I think separation. it's just going to make it more. Mm. And mm. and and the people that are really interested in like like the tr- like like deep art will will get deeper into it. And yeah. then the people that just uh, just, just want to dance the flashy dance like, in a nightclub mm. like, or you know just I mean? go to like, a cinema and be like whoa yeah crazy and I, I think they're already lost man explosion. i think anything you yeah, put in front of people yeah, like yeah. that it's like you know yeah 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 <laughs> but like thank god we still feel <laughs> you know yeah I mean? like, yeah i guess that, i guess it just seems even if it's the minority <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it just seems almost a bit of a shame to me like you know i think um it's it's weird how there was such a radical change quickly but i think um i was chatting to my folks about it the other day actually um about like how good say and the only reason i say I, i'm going to start at saying the 60s is purely because also that's that's the generation my parents were born and that's because um that's where the most i guess like quote unquote pop or popular like music that i've listened to obviously i'm a fan of like lots of folk music so some of that's like hundreds and hundreds of years old you know i'm a fan of um of like i'm quite a big fan of classical music and obviously some of that's hundreds of years old but obviously most of the say the stuff that's um I've, you know, you hear in the car growing up is stuff that my folks have played. Um, or So it's, it's either from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right up to current day. And to me, it seems like there was a massive drop-off in quality like very quickly around, uh, around two, 2010. Mm. It was like it was like 60s, fantastic music. And I'm talking like top 10 charts, yeah. like all the time. And right up into until uh, maybe 2005 to 2010, Around then, it started a sharp decline, like mm. a sharp decline. Like if you think about how in good popular music, music, yeah, yeah, but in pop I think also like under, it just went yeah. underground. Like it but, just went like you know. But as as a result of being underground, those musicians aren't making a living anymore. No, that's no. the problem. Yeah. Like like say like say someone like you, Drew, who's a very good musician. Mm. Like your prospects of making a massive financial income mm, from music from, alone yeah. are very very small oh, because man, unfortunately it. it's, it's been a hard mar- pill to swallow yeah and because uh, but, unfortunately the yeah. market would rather listen to something like Nicki Minaj yeah, mm. or something like that you know like, I don't think there's any like there's no fight in it it's a shame but it's just, it's just the way it is like but you know in the 60s 70s 80s and 90s yeah, and 2000s there's a you know there would have been a fighter's chance yeah you know yeah, yeah. I said all of those decades whether it was like earlier when we were talking about like, the kinks and you know, the Beatles, you know, in the 70s, you know, like bands mm. like, you know, like Led Zeppelin, you know, Deep Purple. Uh, and in the 80s, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's bands, you know, like, you know, like Metallica and stuff and, and Black Sabbath bands like that. They managed mm. to make it in the charts. Yeah. You know, they managed to like get freaking songs in the charts. Like, can you imagine that? Like all across the world. Yeah. You know, um, there was a lot of firsts then, weren't there? Like we were saying about mm. the first, like our, the, the, the last couple hundred years of like of our like, you know, um, evolution as mm. a human race. It's like so many firsts have been happening it's almost just like the repercussions of that it's like mm. there can only be one time that there someone one. creates <laughs> distortion for the first time and then it yeah. completely changes the way that music's made but it's, it's you know weird. what I mean it's, it's like it's weird like what do you, do you reckon it was things like the X Factor and like Britain's Got Talent what do you think it was that like switched that because it went from being almost like there'd be a good band so like even take cheap thrills baby take like the 90s McDonald's thrills yeah. <laughs> but like take like the 90s you know like you had good artists like you know like Tori Amos, The Verve, Blur, yeah. mm. you know, like Britpop bands as they're known. Obviously, Tori Amos isn't a Britpop band, but you know what I'm saying? Like Stone Roses. These yeah. are bands that would start, 
They'd gig the circuit mm. exactly like you do, exactly like you've done and stuff. You gig your circuit, you gig a wider circuit, you get slowly more recognition. And then before you know it, like things that like I say, I want to be adored by Stone Roses. Mm. That was like number one for a while. Mm. Yeah. You know, like there is no chance that a band that nah. is like Stone Roses, like a Manchester band, I don't think, I mean, I really hope I'm wrong, little to no chance that they would make it number one in the UK charts in like mm. modern day climate. Oh, Do you think part of it would come down to the use of and the, the sort of spawn of social media and the ease now? of mm. media campaigns because it's a lot easier now to just chuck stuff in front of people's faces mm. and you know have that be all they see whereas maybe back in the day there would have been more word of mouth more oh this is really good you should listen to this yeah but then and, i suppose and most of the people would be playing music playing their instruments yeah like the, mm. the, the rise of pro- like like, yes. like electronic music yeah. and production mm. and all that stuff it's killed a lot killed a lot of the love different of genres and yeah. like I don't and then see it was like this the pop yeah. thing you know and all of that, it just completely changed. And then I think people wanted that more. They didn't. They didn't care that the per- person on stage that that, w- that had backing tracks and mm. they weren't playing with live bands. They just wanted to see that person because they idolised that yeah. Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah, Britney yeah, Spears. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. like when, when it, yeah. like, you know, like yeah. one, one of the first ones. You know, because it's just like they but, don't care but, about the music. Mass it's just produced. Like, ah! they're, they're like they're like these little forced child stars, aren't they? Yeah. And as you said, like people don't care about the fact that it's like it's not like a band like that's like put in the time. It's no. like. It's more like a product. It's but packaging what? up yeah. like a product. Like it's a yeah. record label yeah. just yeah. forcing it out there. And it is, you know, it makes sense that they would want whatever can be produced easily mm. to, and to, to, to the masses. To make a lot of money, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think of this thing where... So ugly. You know, you said so about, ugly. like, not being able to make a living and stuff. Like, what I... This is also maybe a thing that's like, it could be bollocks. But um, if uh, technology was used in a way or there was this infrastructure that was built, say, with like a global AI that basically ran things that we did. So we didn't have to as in like like the infrastructure of things. And well, that's, that. That, I've seen that's a lot of it. irony of people like that. And, they, you know, people saying, sorry, just before you continue. And I did, I, I did sort of laugh when I saw it because it is it is very true. Um, you know, somebody did like a jokey sort of meme. But also a very true meme saying like, you know, you we grew up, you know, say you grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. You'd watch like a sci-fi program about what life would be like in the future. And it would basically mm. be like robots would be taking care of our infrastructure so we could all relax and spend more time doing art and music and that. Mm. But the irony is, is it seems to be the opposite of that. Yeah. We're, we're, it seems like in terms of infrastructure, humans are working harder than ever. And AI and, <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that are just doing the art for us mm, yeah so it's like it's yeah. the opposite yeah. of what it should be we should be spending the time pouring our hearts and souls into art and music while the ai and the freaking quote-unquote robots <laughs> and that uh, in the factories you know making the cars doing all that yeah. running all this stuff mm. so that we can be humans and and do what really is our more natural calling which is spend time with other humans and create mm. i don't think it's just the infrastructure innovate. like like uh you know um factories and things like that it's also like political monetary mm. like all, like all of that stuff like it, completely different to how it is now you know yeah, decentralized well, like, well, like, decentralized like finance Hamilton was yeah 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 exactly so i think then if something like that did happen in the future 50 years 100 years into the future then maybe people would like um want to explore it more or like do you know what i mean because like you say at the moment in the current way things are mm. that's not happening yeah. it's just people are just like it going the opposite of like how you'd want with that you know i think now is almost a, a time for musicians and artists to take a stand on that kind of stuff like i know you were speaking about the the um 
actors strike at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm yeah. pretty sure the actors strike is as a result of the writers going on strike because oh, they right. weren't being paid enough. Like, I think it was something studios, like that. Yeah, I think it was something And the like actors that, yeah. were like, oh, well, we don't want to, you know, if you don't have the writers to make good movies, mm. we don't want to star in movies that aren't written well. So mm. we're just not going to turn up and do that stuff. And I think that's how it's working. So now ChatGPT is just writing everything. Exactly. Who's to, <laughs> yeah. who's to say yeah. that AI isn't going to get to the point that it can write a story as well as writers today? And yeah. then in that case, is there any need for writers, you know? But that's exactly the same thing as we were saying about artists, whether it's, yeah, painter, exactly. whether it's painters or musicians. Like, just, you know, it's taken out almost like the beauty mm. and the struggle. Like one of the things I think that we appreciate in other human beings is like the struggle and emotion of it. The like, story. you know, mm. one of the, even though I'm not, you know, I wouldn't ever like try and lie and make it. I'm a biggest fan, but someone that I really like say, like look up to or admire. Cause I almost think they're like an amazing purist in terms of like musicianship is someone like someone like Kate Bush, you know, like you listen to her music and you're like, not only is that like one of a kind, but you can tell there's like real emotion and, and I intellect don't think that in that. Can ever be recreated? No, I don't. Anything. I don't. And so I, I definitely as don't. As long as yeah. people still are, are doing that, then yeah. it's all going to be good. I almost think it will make real people's art worth more because it's it's going to be even more of a um, scarcity. Yeah, like yeah, like definitely. you know, like there might be something that could look as cool like with AI, mm. but anyone can do it, which means it's not scarce. It's not. Um, it's, not it's artificial, yeah. which is literally in the name. Yeah, and, and, and so that, you know, it's not worth as mm. much, but, like, it might even make people, actual people's art, like, worth more and stuff. Like, I saw this crazy one at um, Envision Festival, and it was, um, this guy was, was creating art, like, visionary art, that you had to wear 3D glasses for, and he was doing it with, like, UV paint and, um, and like, 3D paint techniques. Cool. So you would put the glasses on and the depth to the picture, it would be like, it was just crazy. And that probably something like that could be done like with AI and that. Yeah. But I remember just looking at this and being like, this guy, like he's been on some journeys, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm, to like, yeah, yeah. you know, to, to create that. And it was yeah. just so, I, I'd, I'd pick something like that any day yeah. over. Me too, know. man. And just to, just to finish off, because we're almost at the end of the show. And um, this just as encapsulates what I mean. I just sort of looked this up because I remember, um, I remember coming across it before and it almost like made me laugh. And we're talking... Obviously, not just about the difference between, um, um, like, say, like AI and and sort of people writing stuff, but also between the sort of like mass-produced stuff that's unfortunately in the charts nowadays compared to to almost like real music. Because let's face it, we all experience like a vast range of emotions in our lives. We all experience like you know like euphoric highs and like heartbreaking lows. Like we're, there's all times when we're sort of depressed. Everything in the middle, and I think obviously music and and art, uh, every type of art is like a release for that, isn't it? Mm. So I think, you know, it's just really hilarious. I'm not even a particularly, like, big uh, Evanescence fan or anything like this, but it's just really hilarious. It's comparing Amy Lee, who's the lead singer of Evanescence's, uh, of Evanescence, a lyrics from her song, and then a clip of Nicki Minaj. And this just pretty much sums up, and I think this is a really good place to, to end it on. I also think, not only in terms of, like, you know, music being a release for people from the music, sorry, from the emotions that they feel, but also, like, what message are you also sending people? Because I think the the, the Nicki Minaj lyrics... They're narcissistic and they're also just outright stupid. So if young people are listening to that, they're more likely to be narcissistic and stupid themselves. Because unfortunately, you know, you are sort of a product of your generation and Mm. things leak into your brain. That's just the nature of things. So the Amy Lee lyrics are, These wounds won't seem to heal. This pain is just too real. There's just too much that time cannot erase. When you cried, I'd wipe away all of your tears. When you'd scream, I'd fight away all of your fears. And I held your hand through all of these years, but you still have all of me. Right? 
very nice lyrics, very heartfelt. And I think good message, obviously. It's, it's almost like encouraging unity and showing that, you know, we all have these feelings. And it's also like it's uh, showing you know, whoever she's writing about, she's basically saying she'll always be there for them and stuff. And then the Nicki Minaj ones are, you a stupid hoe, you a stupid hoe, yeah, you a stupid hoe. If you cute, then your crew can roll. If you sexy, eat my cucker roll, put your cape on, you a stupid hoe. What a freaking idiot. Oh, mate, I don't even know what to say. Uh, we need to listen to some good music to erase my brain of that awfulness. But um, yeah, cheers, everyone. Um, gave you a couple of things to ponder today. Hope you've enjoyed all the, the crazy sort of like music we've played today. Um, first ever uh, recorded music. Me and Drew played a little song at the beginning of the show. We've played some bardcore Drew showed that crazy virtuoso guy, um, Mike Dawes, playing one. Played all sorts of stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.